Hello, Restoration Church. It is another beautiful day. Uh, God's mercies are new every morning, and they were new today. And here we are talking again. Joey, continuing on in our Church Basic series. That's uh, right. Hope you guys have been blessed by it, informed by it. The doctrine of the church is not something that's talked about much, and so... Uh, it's always important to be talking about. <laughs> they're, they're probably thinking, are you kidding me? Yeah. You guys talk about it's all it. all you guys talk about. <laughs> it's all you talk yeah. about. It's because we're working against an entire culture. <laughs> God help us. Uh, so today we talked about baptism last time, right, Joey? We did. So what's the obvious thing that we're going to talk about today? Lord's Supper. There we go. God gave us two ordinances. Jesus gave us two ordinances, baptism and Lord's Supper. Real quick, should we call them ordinances, sacraments? What, like, yeah. what Do you care? Ordin- yeah, I think so. It's probably, I think you can say sacraments, but it's probably best that you use the word ordinances. Why? Because we're coming out of the Reformation where sacraments is the language that is used by the Roman Catholic Church, and they are saying that it's sacred to do the, say, Lord's Supper or baptism. That's part of their understanding of salvation. Right, and it, because so sacred, it, it actually because it gives you grace in a salvific grace. way. That's right. Whereas we, yeah. they are sacred in a way that they're set apart, but they're, they're ordinances, they're ordained yeah. by the Lord. Right. Is expression of yeah. faith of what he's already done in us. Yes. So it's so. a, it's, it's, orda- ordinance is probably the best word to use. If you say sacraments, I'm probably not going to correct you, but anyway, yeah. So, so uh, let's just read a passage, Joey, shall okay. we? Go where, uh, where this begins, uh, where the Lord's Supper begins. Um, so I'm going to read from Luke 22, verse 14, and here's what it says. And when the hour came, he reclined, that's Jesus, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. We're going to come back to that. It's a Passover yep, meal. Yep. Verse 16, for I tell you, I will not eat it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he gave had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And then on it goes. So there we, and then we see later in 1 Corinthians 11, well actually we see it back in the book of Acts, we see them actually participating in it. And then in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul is giving counsel about the way that it ought to go when you are assembled, which comes a little bit in just a moment. But anyway, Lord's Supper. Why do we call it the Lord's Supper, by the way? Well, I think one, it was ordained by the Lord, as he just said, do this until I come again. Yep. And then I think also it is a celebration of the Lord, who Mm -hmm. he is and what he has done. Yeah, and yeah. so it's 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 his meal. He he designed it. Yeah, he's doing the work in it. Yeah, and so so what's the connection to the Passover? Well, so then yeah, so this is not again. Jesus didn't come up with this out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's people. I've been teaching uh, Exodus at Friendship Terrace along yes. with Ryan, and in the Exodus, what you have is uh, when they are being delivered from slavery to Pharaoh, yeah. they are on their way out, and God says, take unleavened bread with you yeah. on the Passover. And so they get out, and God sets up the Passover meal where they mm-hmm. slaughter an animal and eat some unleavened bread. Not just any animal. An, an, an a male, unblemished right. lamb. That's right. And spread, spread the blood. And so in this ceremony, you have uh, sacrifice of an animal, unblemished blood, and eating unleavened bread. 
mm-hmm. uh, in remembrance of God's deliverance and God's provision. Mm-hmm. And so that this is what's been happening. And Jesus comes along and he's he's sacrificed, he's crucified that mm-hmm. very time of year for the Passover. Mm-hmm. And though we don't slaughter animals anymore because Christ is our unblemished lamb. He has been uh, slaughtered right, for John, us. John. Here comes the lamb, takes away the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. We do eat in remembrance. And so we have unleavened bread. That's what we use, beloved, if you'll notice. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Very intentional. Yep. Not Ident- com- identifying us back with the people of God. That's right. Not a new meal. So every time we eat this meal, it's a big family meal. Yeah. Uh, so we, we eat the, we break the bread just like Christ broke it, signifying his body, no doubt. And then we have juice or wine or whatever it is, signifying this is the blood of the new covenant. Yeah. And so, so, so that is just, it's so critical. That's been one of the most helpful things in all of the teaching of the Bible when I think about uh, this issue of the Lord's Supper, uh, understanding that Passover meal. I have found the more I study the Passover, the more I understand the gospel, which oh, means yeah. the more I'm going to understand what's going on in the Lord's Supper. So, yeah, so, so the, the fact that Jesus chooses, so you, Joey, right, the Passover meal, where is that at? Where does that rank in the, in the, in the year of the, of a Jew? What do you mean? Where does it rank in the year? Like, like in terms of priority? Oh, yeah, the the Passover is like the it's the big it's thing. It's the biggest thing, right? Yeah. It's sort of the biggest thing, and so that he would take that meal that was the entryway into their deliverance out of Egypt into the land oh, of yeah. promise. So in the same way, Jesus chooses that meal to say, "This meal points to me and my work and my ministry that's in right. the gospel." Yeah. And so, so in the same way, good transition. Yeah, real quick. So that's what I. So so, uh, well, where are you, you going to transition? Oh, into your questions. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, so, again, Nathan, what what is the Lord's Supper? Well, the Lord's Supper is remembering the body and the blood of Christ. Namely, his body was broken for us, which is to say we needed a sacrifice, and his blood, which is the new covenant, the covenant, the blood which cleanses us from sin. That's so right. that's what it's doing. So yeah. it's, it's remembering the body and the blood of Christ, which makes up the atonement. Uh, for our sins. That's right. So we often talk about how the meal helps us look in various directions. So I'm going to how does the Lord's Supper help us look backward? Well, it helps us look <laughs> backward way back to the Passover as we've already discussed. Right. But I think most I think most notably it's pointing us back to the cross of Christ. That's right. Uh and we could even say the life and death uh and resurrection of Christ. So it's pointing us back there. How does the how does the Lord's Supper help us look forward? Uh, well, Jesus says, until I return. And so I understand that the marriage supper of, of the Lamb in heaven will be different than this one. I mean, well, it'll be similar in the sense that we're still looking at Jesus. But uh, it helps us to anticipate his return. That's right. How does the Lord's Supper help us look around at our church? Because it reminds us of who Jesus has saved and brought to himself. It's that guy and that girl and him over there and Joey and Paige and Andy and Luke Strymer and, you know, whoever else, Eric Peavy. Like, look, there they are. God redeemed them. There they are. They're at the table. I see them taking and eating. That's right. How does the Lord's Supper help us look into ourselves? Well, it reminds us by the grace of God that we have a place at the table. That's right. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and so there's nothing to deserve it. That's right. So as we yeah. eat, we look back, we look forward, we look around, we look yeah. in, and we're being mindful that, that yes. God is the one who saves. Yes. And he did it through his son who died on the cross and shed his blood yeah. and resurrected. And so we can't wait for his return. Yeah. And so in yeah. some ways it's, it's solemn because we are like it's, yeah. it's mindful of our sin. Right. But in other words, it's celebratory. Yes. It is Amen. finished. Yes. It's done. And so. 
Yeah. So if that's what the Lord's Supper is, Mm -hmm. who should celebrate? Who should partake of the elements? Same thing with baptism. If baptism is the front door to the body of Christ, right? That's uh, the initiation. That's right. That's the initiating sign of the covenant. Think of it like the wedding ceremony, right? You're wedding to Jesus. Uh, Then um, the Lord's Supper is the continuation, the remembrance, the the reinitiation, as it were, of that covenant of the gospel. So, you know, we can think of it as stuff that married people do. Like, it's sort of that kind of thing, reinvigorating the covenant that has been made. So that's what it's doing. Because, Joey... This is, I love this about God. He knows that we forget. Oh, yeah. I mean, we forget. He, he, he sets up at least, you know, two things, I think. First of all, he made a seven day week and he made us gather on the first day of the week because he knows we can't go more than seven days without forgetting. <laughs> so we got to come back to church just to be reminded. And secondly, uh, he has us to remember him and remember this gospel that we're in it by taking the silver. He keeps it in there just to keep us pinging, just pinging, pinging us back again. That's right. So on a, on a Sunday morning, we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, Sure, most likely that every gathering there are unbelievers there. Right. So how do we signify, what do we do to, to help communicate this meal? One, doesn't save you. That's right. Right. It's Just not like a work. It's not a work. It's an expression of God's faithfulness to save us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how do we communicate in such a way that helps unbelievers, those not trusting in Christ, hey, this, you shouldn't partake of this meal? Yeah, so obviously this meal is for those that are in the covenant. We've already talked about that, right? So I don't need to read those passages. But uh, but we also see in the same place where we're getting counsel about the Lord's Supper from Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, we see in verse 28, let a person examine himself then and so eat the bread and drink of the cup. So that's why we always tell you, by the way, beloved, we on emails, hey, we got the first uh, uh, first. Sunday of every month, and there's an email coming out. Hey, we're going to have this because we want to give you time to to examine. Uh, we might can talk about that if we have time. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But yeah. uh, but also then it goes on to say for the unbeliever, this is why we do what's called fencing the table. The pastor is up there saying who cannot take it because it goes on to say in verse 29, for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. And so, therefore, it's we're trying to love the non-Christian or the unrepentant person that's taking the name of Christ by telling them, as Jesus does in Matthew 5, go and get right with God and with your neighbor before you come to this table, because if you don't, then you might drink judgment upon yourself. And so, beloved, you should know that's why when we we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we just don't just open it up and say, come get it, do whatever. Like We're trying to carefully instruct and point our worship in the way that the Bible prescribes. Yeah, we recognize that in our society, like it's it's seen as a terrible thing to refuse somebody of something. And so we recognize that in our society, this looks awful, like we're being unloving. But actually, it's the very opposite. We're trying to love people. Yeah. So uh, what is it? It's, it's a meal that is both memorial, looks back at Christ, but it's also spiritual because it lifts us to him. We meet him at the table. The spirit ministers to us. Who's it for? Well, it's those who are in the covenant. Yep. Uh, and you mentioned it briefly. So we, how should we take it after self-examining? Mm-hmm. And so Nathan, how has, how does the Lord's Supper help bring unity and reconciliation in the body of Christ? 
It reminds us of the most important things about us, right? I can go back to our, our uh, sermon series to the book of Philippians where Euodia and Syntyche are at odds with one another. They're fighting, and Paul says to agree in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Lord's Supper does is whatever issue we may have, it's this roadblock that kind of makes us make sure that we're together in Christ and not holding things apart from each other. Um, it, it puts that sort of roadblock in front of us so as to make sure that the most important things about us are held and maintained and encouraged That's day right. after day. And, and I've been encouraged both in my own life and I've seen in the lives of others. They, people know the Lord's Supper is happening on a Sunday, yep. and so they pursue reconciliation. Yes. Or if they don't know, if they need, like they'll go to somebody and say, "Hey, are we are we good?" Yes. Because I don't want to take the Lord's Supper before yep. I know we're good. Yep. And so, like you said, it's this it's this visible way that reminds me I need to pursue reconciliation if it's not present before I take the Lord's Supper. That's, I can think about this happening in my own life. I remember those first few years, first three to four or five years of my marriage, when you know there was more heated discussions back then than there are today. Praise the Lord. Right. And I remember leaving to go to church with Andy and I, and saying to each other, like before we go. Are we reconciled? Are we okay? That's right. You know, and that's a good, it's so helpful. Yeah. Thank God for the yeah. Lord's Supper and how it does that. Yeah. So I think that how do we take it with, with self-examination and with celebration of what Christ does? Yeah, amen. And, and that, that reinvigorates yeah. our cov- covenant with one another and with God, reminds us of that, and it encourages us to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. All right, so what is it? It's a meal celebrates Christ. Uh, who should take it? Those that are trusting in Christ. How repenting and believing. That's right. How uh, making sure we're reconciled to God and to each other, not living in unrepentant sin or in bitterness toward another. Mm-hmm. And finally, Nathan, what's the best context for the Lord's Supper? Where should we take it? Well, what's this series called? Church, Church basics. basics. <laughs> Yeah, so the con- the best context is the local church. Wow. Gosh, you finicky pastors. Arr, why are y'all always talking about the church? Well, there's Bible verses behind this stuff. It's not just because we read a book or we're part of this tribe over here. It's we're trying to be faithful to the Bible. And so going back to our, was it our first or second podcast? I can't remember I on know. this issue. Either one of those two podcasts where we talked about what makes up a church, and there's something about a local church that is not indicative of any other kind of Christian ministry that is able to, as you said, Joey, preach, protect, and display the gospel. And so, therefore, uh, in order to properly protect who it is that's in the covenant, taking that meal has a place at that table in the new heavens and new earth, therefore... Since the church is has has a job to identify those people, therefore it would make sense that it would be best done in the local church. Since a let's say a college ministry does not have the ability to do that, I, you know, I I think about this, and uh, you know, I know that there are I went to, I've been to college ministries where they take the Lord's Supper together. We can talk about that in just a second as to the rightness and wrongness of that. But my point though is, is no matter who comes, if that person were to say to let's say a practicing Muslim who wants to come up because they think it might kind of be magic to take it uh, and tell them to say, no, that you can't have it, they're going to get in trouble with the officials of that university. And so, therefore, they know they can't really do it. And so it's just not best for those contexts. It's best for a local church. And I think when you when you read Scripture, again, you don't ever see the Lord's Supper being celebrated outside the local church. Right. It's the church in Acts that celebrates the Lord's Supper. And then particularly in 1 Corinthians, mm-hmm. uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 2, to the church of God that is in Corinth. So he's yeah. writing to a real church in a real place. Right. And then you go read chapter 11 when he talks about the Lord's Supper, and he says five times, when you come together, yeah. when you come together, mm-hmm. when you come together. Right. And so if when it's a family, 
family meal, right. it should be served where the family's present. Right. And so any gathering that is aimed toward the entirety of the church, it doesn't mean every member is there. It just means it's aimed toward the entirety of the church. We would believe it's good, wise, and appropriate to celebrate the Lord's Supper there. So mm-hmm. that can happen on a Sunday morning. It yeah. can happen in our Good Friday services. It could happen if we had an entire church picnic and it was aimed toward the whole church. We're gathering in Jesus' name. That's right. We're gathering in Jesus' name. Yeah. Now, uh, so we're going to say it's not best or wise to celebrate it at a men or women's retreat because it's not aimed toward the whole church, yeah. or in even a, though that's a subset, even though that's a subset of the church. That's right. Or at the at a community group again. Uh, it's because it's not aimed toward the whole church. Now, mm-hmm. uh, are we going to say it's inherently sin to do the Lord's Supper at those types of things? No. Right. Yeah. Sim- similar to what we talked about with the baptism one. And there's other contexts. You know, let's say a college ministry baptizes someone. We don't think that's a good idea. I don't think it's best. I don't think that's what the Bible seems to be upholding. But we're still going to receive it. That's right. So in the same way that, you know, like maybe this this thing has happened. Maybe you've taken it. We're not going to say it, you've sinned against God and you need to repent. We're not saying that at all. We're just saying we don't think that's what what best reflects uh, the location of the Lord's Supper. That's right. So yeah. uh, we're going to encourage people to not celebrate it in those ways, yeah, particularly so, in the life of our church, because it right. would create division, some other stuff. But. Yeah, I, I even think about this too. Like we, even people that we love and and and, and marry in marriage in wedding services, yeah. like we don't we don't even do it there because who knows who's in that congregation? You know, maybe if we were to have a wedding service after church, right? Right. Which, by the way, if y'all want to do that, I'd love, I'd be totally on, for that. Come on down the side aisle because there's no center aisle at Woodrow Wilson. That's right. That's right. You come down the side aisle and yeah. have church yeah, a marriage right there. Old school that used to happen. I know. Anyway, I know. you could do it then, but uh, even in wedding ceremonies, it's not best. Yeah. So let me ask a different question. Yeah. Go for Are it. you ready to transition? Yeah. So okay. I was, so yeah. uh, so we got about five minutes. Okay. So all right. Here's a question that maybe comes up. So I think some one of the reasons people take the Lord's Supper is, you know, they're not thinking about it as carefully as we are right here. But nevertheless, they may think that, like, you know, listen, if I go take the Lord's Supper, God's going to be happy with me. You know, that like it'll be sort of in a mit- – I'm kind of speaking it in a trite way, but let me just say – they probably wouldn't say it like this. But if I take the Lord's Supper, it'll be sort of like magic. I remember thinking this when I was younger. I remember thinking, like, if I either read my Bible, if I take the Lord's Supper, God's going to give me some favor, and then I'm going to get some hits tonight. I'm going to have a good game because I took the Lord's Supper. So, Joey, address that. Someone's well, thinking that way. It's sort of there's something about you taking the Lord's Supper that, in that that sense, sort of gives you good favor from God. Yeah, I think it's just anti-gospel mm-hmm. uh, to to believe that God's favor rests upon our behavior ultimately. Now, can we please and grieve God? Well, of course we can, mm-hmm. but can we manipulate Him? No. Yeah, yeah. And so, and how how are you cr- or, uh, equating manipulation to taking the Lord's Supper to get? Well, I think if, if I say it's it's what Micah said back in Judges chapter seventeen, whatever it was yeah. I preached a couple weeks ago. Right. Now that I have a Levite priest, God will prosper me. Yeah. As if somehow right. him organizing circumstances or doing certain things forced God's blessing hand upon him. Yeah. So it's it just just. Um, Substitute Levite priests for Lord's Supper. Now that I've taken the Lord's Supper, well, now surely God mm. will bless me. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's putting more on our obedience yeah. than it is on God's grace and favor. Yeah. Now, is God pleased when we celebrate the Lord's Supper with faith and repentance? Absolutely. Yeah. But is he pleased if we go to it as if we have to force something from him. No. Yeah, yeah it's. I think that idea is sort of a remnant of the Roman Catholic Church, which understands the Lord's Supper to be a means of grace, whereby if we take it, we get some grace in on us. That's not in the Bible. That's right. Uh, it, it'd, but, be an, it'd be analogous to like Sadie showing up to dinner one night and eating green beans and saying, Daddy, now am I your daughter? Yeah, yeah. Now, like, we, 
Yeah, well, now will you let me sleep in your home tonight? Yeah, like, well, yeah. you were my daughter before you ate, and I was going to bless you no matter what. Anyway. Follow-up question to that, just quickly. Uh-huh. So, But is there something happening? We don't believe that, as most Protestants historically have not, the Lutherans would be an exception here, but on the whole, we understand these elements, the bread and the juice, to be yep. symbolic. There's nothing in them mysteriously that's doing something. But is God doing something in us, though? In our taking and eating together. Sure. I mean, well, I, I, so explain that. So, so it's not manipulation. So what is? So God is doing something. What is it? Well, I think that bless, or I think obedience always brings blessing Amen. of God. That's right. And so it's not, it doesn't give grace into us as if it saves us, right. but it's a means of grace, just like reading my Bible as a means of grace. Right. It reminds me of Christ, what he's yeah. done. The Spirit really uses that yeah. in my life to conform me, shape me, yeah. and I think most predominantly, in a way, build my faith. That's exactly right. And so as I'm eating, I'm yeah. literally nourishing upon Christ yeah. by the Spirit, and this is building my faith. Yeah. It has nothing to do with saving me. I can't yeah. be any more justified. Right. But it is a means of sanctification yeah. and growth. Yes. And that is so fun to think about. So, beloved, think about that the next time that we take the Lord's Supper together. When we eat and we drink together God is sanctifying us, not because there's something mysteriously magical about the elements, but because we're obeying him. That's right. That's beautiful to think about and fun to think about. Yeah. And so that's why, why that's why I say when people ask me what the Lord's Supper is, I say it's not just a memorial, as if it's some yeah. thing that's just out there. It is that. Right. But it's also spiritual, not yeah. in the saving sense, but the Spirit really does meet us in that meal to yeah. f- help us feed on Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah. so, so it's a beautiful Family meal. Last question. How often should we do this, Joey? Ah, scripture doesn't say. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, well, it does say. It, it, On the yeah. first day of the week, they're doing it. it Acts chapter well, 20. It, it pers- well, it, yeah, it, it there's describes. a there's a description yeah. of it happening regularly. Yeah. All Jesus says is do this often right. until I return. And That's so right. throughout the history of the church, uh, people have moved between weekly all the way to quarterly. Yeah, yeah. Now... Uh, we've, we've settled on monthly, or at least monthly. We probably average 16 to 17 times a year when you yep. throw in Easter, Good Friday, covenant service, those types of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, regularly, I think is, yeah. is a good principle. And That's I, right. personally, I think quarterly is not regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of Baptist churches do it quarterly yes, for some reason. They do. The fifth yeah, Sunday of every, yeah. like, okay. But, yeah. so anyway. Yeah, and one of the reasons they do it quarterly, I've heard this said, I used to say this myself a long time ago. Well, if we did it too regularly, we would then begin to, to, uh, to sort of not appreciate it as much. Yeah, which What's means, wrong with that? Well, it means we then not preach as regularly. <laughs> yeah, as well. I mean, all these things yeah. that we do regularly. Anyway, yeah, anyway. So. Good stuff. Well, thank God for the institution of the Lord's Supper. Love how it points, the Passover meal points to the Lord's Supper to believers, wherein they can feast on the glories of Christ and his finished work and his soon return together as a church family, rejoicing, uh, waiting for his return. Enjoy the Lord's Supper the next time, beloved. We need it together. 